Welcome to Finish Strong. Uh, in our podcast today, we're going to talk about a topic that may not be our most popular one. We've done a lot of subjects over the past two years, but this is not something that most people enjoy talking about, and that is persecution. Persecution of the church. It certainly happened in Scripture. We know that many great people, great um, people of the Bible, suffered a lot of persecution, and yet you turned it into greater good, and the church actually thrived. I'm your host, Dan Wheeler. I'm with Brian Rowland and Terry Steen today. Our producer is John Matarazzo. And we're talking about a tough subject, guys. Let's face it. We, we love talking about God's blessings, His goodness, things that we're thankful for. But persecution, wow. And yeah, yet, yeah. the Bible says <laughs> it's coming in the last days, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that he also says he works all things together for good in Scripture. So even though uh, we don't like the idea of persecution and suffering, hopefully by the end of this podcast, we can maybe change the light a little bit on how we look at it. huh? Yeah, well, every disciple was actually uh, crucified or you know killed or stoned for his faith, uh, with the exception of John. And then you look mm-hmm. at Christ himself. <laughs> he suffered. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to minister, and then he laid down his life. So, Brian, I think it's natural that we can expect to suffer if we are truly following Christ. It's true. And um, even following Christ as we do today, I mean, this is where people, they, especially nowadays, where they're standing up for the, what they think, and they don't want to hear what you have to say, and they don't want to hear about Christ. And that is something that's happening in the last days, too, is that people will be shut off from it. Their, their eyes will be blinded, and that you can see that happening every day. And it's, it's not just going up and, and talking to somebody and say, let's talk about Jesus anymore. It it's, has to be an opening and a way to, to, to introduce yourself to somebody to, to the Word. I find how things are changing constantly. I think I mentioned to you guys before when I was in um, high school, uh, that, uh, or even junior high, they'd say, uh, can you go into the dance? And I'd say, no, I'm not. And they say, when I so it's against my religion. Of course, that was okay. It was, everybody said, that's fine. But then by the time I got to high school, it was, uh, I was in auto shop and I was sticking flyers in, in the guys' lockers and that on how to be a Christian and how to get saved. And so they started calling me the Reverend. Yeah, here comes the Reverend. So it's, <laughs> it has changed since then. If I did that now, you'd think they'd be my face. So. Yeah, you wonder if they would. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about examples of the Bible. We're going to talk about what's going on worldwide, because there are many countries in the world where Christians are in danger and are being persecuted daily. And then we're going to talk about uh, persecution in the United States and things that we're seeing that are very concerning. And yet, we know that God has a plan. I think of Daniel in the book of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I mean, they were thrown into the fiery furnace Yet they did not back down on their faith, and God delivered them. Paul and Silas, jailed, beaten. Paul was shipwrecked, I don't know how many times. Beaten three times with rods, five times, 39 stripes. Stoned three times. You think of Stephen. Uh, I mean, these are not things that most of us want to go through, are they? <laughs> right. No, and you know, it's, uh, it comes back to the risk that a Christian is willing to take, doesn't it? And these guys... They stepped up. They were not fearful. And because of that, they had the more excruciating persecution. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to us today. If we're not, if we're walking without any persecution, if we're walking without any suffering as Christians, 
then we're probably missing the mark a little bit. And if I were to be totally honest, I, I have not been persecuted or desire persecution like I probably should. Mm-hmm. I've observed it up close. Uh, 1980, I was in uh, Bogota, Colombia, and we saw a meeting of Christians being disbanded by a bunch of soldiers. And in fact, I ended up in jail for even being a part of the crew that was videotaping it. So I guess I did suffer a little persecution there, 10 hours in jail uh, with so. a couple fronts. How was the food? The food, we didn't get any. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that is persecution there. <laughs> it is. Really. We did have water, but you don't want to drink the water down there. So, uh, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, I'm not sure I really paid attention to that verse until we started planning this podcast. Yeah. It says right there, we're going to be persecuted if we love Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's true. So what is persecution? It's hostility, ill treatment, especially based on ethnicity, religion, political beliefs, or sexual orientation. But, uh, boy, persecution of the church. Terry, how prevalent is it around the world? Well, it's it's a great question, and I did a little research on it because I think it's important for us who— Primarily, most of our listeners are in the United States, and uh, we don't have the same perspective as some of these other countries, do we? There was uh, an account given in, uh, I was reading it out of Christianity Today, but it was the 2021 World Watch List. Listen to some of these statistics. It said that 13 Christians are killed every day worldwide. 12 churches or the church buildings were attacked every day. 12 Christians were unjustly arrested or imprisoned every day. And five Christians have been abducted every day. That's that's over 40 people per day that have had some type of very specific from abduction to attack to kill to imprison. I mean, these are heavy-duty things that are going on in our world Every single day. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a little bit sobering, isn't it? Sure is. You know, it's interesting. I, I was uh, looking up persecution of the Christians and, and how we're not being persecuted anything like they were before, but how things are coming. But what I learned was that it was called the Diocletian or the Great Persecution was the last most severe persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire. And it was in AD 303 that the emperors Diocletian, Maximian, um, Galarios and Constantius issued a series of edicts rescinding Christians' legal rights and demanding that they comply with traditional religious practices. And of course, if they didn't, you saw what happened. They were killed. And how, how is that not happening today? I mean, you could see it, that how Christians' rights, you know, they, they can't decide if they want to make a cake or not, you know, things like that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's coming and it's, it's coming rapidly. Well, if you go on through that report, it basically says that 12 and a half percent of the Christians in this world are facing persecution. And that is larger in Africa. It's up to 17% in Africa. Mm. And then move into the highest continent with that persecution. It's Asia at 40%. So if you look at the top 10 countries, they they talked about the worst countries for persecution, and the top one was North Korea, mm-hmm. followed by Afghanistan, 
Somalia, Libya. So there you've got a lot of it in Africa. There's Pakistan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran. Of course, we know of Iran and Nigeria and then India. Those are the top 10. And then Nigeria has the largest Christian population, but it's second only to Pakistan in terms of violence and and the Christians being killed. So Mm. Nigeria and Pakistan are very, very violent right now. Wow. There was a time I read in 2021, in 200 days, 3,462 Christians were killed worldwide, 3,000 abducted, and 300 churches attacked. And that's according to Third Mill in 2021, as I mentioned. So I mean, it is worldwide, and it's funny because I would have guessed maybe three of those countries you listed, North Korea, Iran, and Nigeria, Yeah. but uh, surprised to hear some of the others. Let's talk about biblical examples of of persecution. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, he says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I think that's so amazing that Paul delighted in those. I mean, he was able to have such an eternal vision of things and realize that our suffering now is for a short time. No matter Mm -hmm. what we go through, guys, it's a very short time compared to eternity. Right. And, and I guess it helps to keep our eyes on that. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think so. that, too, that when people are, even today, say somebody says something to you, and it's not, it's not nice and that, and you don't want to take offense to it, but you know what, you let it go. But what you do, too, is you don't go home and tell your wife about it or tell somebody else about it because it just leads to them being upset. Mm-hmm. Always take it to the Lord and say, I'm just giving this to you. And that's the same thing that happens with any kind of persecution that's coming or that you receive. Just take it to the Lord. And close it off right there. And that's how you defeat that. Yeah. Yeah, even before the Christian church, if we go back to the Old Testament and you look at the prophets, they were men of God, but yet they were severely persecuted for being the voice of God. Right. And sometimes that's the problem. I, I think of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet his entire life, All he did was speak what God told him to, and all he had for his whole life was people that abused him, punished him, beat him, put him in a well or a pit, and many tried to kill him, and that was his reward for listening to the voice of God. And that set the precedence for the New Testament, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speaking of the New Testament, Paul, who wrote... A lot of the New Testament was this most prolific writer, uh, said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Guys, I'm not sure I would have wanted to be Paul. He (laughs) did not have an easy life. (laughs) And I am not a good swimmer, so I would probably be dead right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, You know, I think it's interesting that Paul, he was the one that held Stephen's jacket when Stephen was stoned to death. Yes. And the thing, and and then he he went on to kill Christians until he, uh, Damascus Road experience. And then, of course, he was accepting that. He accepted it. He just knew 
that this is coming. I just need to give it to the Lord. We got to accept this. And you said this outlook was just great about it. The one thing I thought was great that I think Dan you and I talked about this over the weekend is that when Stephen was persecuted, when he was stoned, he was looking up and all he saw was God and the Son and the Father and, mm. and, and Jesus just welcoming him. I don't think True. he saw a stone or felt anything hit him. Yeah. Because and, and, that's what he did. He turned it over right there. And that's what we need to do in persecution, to turn it over. That's an interesting observation. You know, the funny thing is, following Stephen's stoning, that was a real turning point for the church because mm-hmm. they were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And if they wouldn't have been scattered like that, they wouldn't have had the global impact. They really took the church and Christianity into so many places. So the church thrived and experienced a lot of growth. And we're going to be talking about that uh, a lot later on in the program. Yeah. Uh, but is it happening in the U.S.? Um, Terry, you you did a thing the other day, a morning cup of inspiration, and you said that this term now, Christian nationalism, people are, are starting to call that a bad thing. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. it's a sense that they're associating Christians with patriotism and they're automatically making it something that's an extreme thought. It's, it's extreme patriotism. I don't know how you can be extremely patriotic and that be a bad thing, but they're making those connotations to where they're just trying to dissuade us, I think, this is just me talking, from loving our country and doing everything we can to make it follow God, follow those principles, follow the forefathers that set our country up with biblical principles and God-fearing. And uh, it's just, that's a form of persecution, obviously. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing, Brian? I was just thinking when Terry was saying that about um, how being persecuted daily, it's something that is coming. It's something that we feel now, but we don't realize it at times. Um, and, when, and when he's tying into um, government and, and Christianity, a lot of that, I look at that and say that people hear all the time that we, we need a revival here and, mm-hmm. and we need to turn our ways back to God. And they don't want to hear that. But knowing if they did, <laughs> if you look at past experiences when things like that have happened, the country got stronger, you know, and that's. That's what we need to be doing now. But they don't. They everybody wants to fix it themselves, or think that they can fix themselves. The little gods, you know, they think that they can do that, and that's where we're coming to. There's a lot of problems with that because people need to just give it to the Lord. They need to sacrifice and and ask Him to take over and do it. Well, as Terry said earlier, it's like Christians are being portrayed as backward, unintelligent, out of date. Many mm-hmm. millennials view themselves as God. They don't want to be told. Yeah. But they can't do anything. And um, Brian, you were telling me about a story mm-hmm. of a child mm-hmm. in a school shooting that really had a lot of really bravery and courage. Yeah, and I was just, I was just pull, pulling that up to, to, to tell you. It's it's the story of Columbine. And it's when uh, the kids went in there and were shooting, shooting up the students and killing their fellow students. But the one was a girl named Cassie Burnell. And she was in the school library. She was um, with other kids. She was hiding under, under the desks and that or in the, the tables. And one of the teenage killers came in and held a gun to her head and asked if she believed in God. And Casey said yes. And as soon as he said that, she just got the words out. 
and he blew her away. He shot her in the head. And it, people say, okay, that, did that really happen? A lot of friends said that that's what happened. They saw it. I mean, they were, they were just uh, traumatized by it. But she stood up. She said, yes, I do. And just like that, she was instantly standing with Jesus. Kind of reminds you of Stephen, doesn't it? Does. it? Stephen really has does. seen Jesus, and you mentioned he probably never felt the stone. I'm sure right. that little girl was in Jesus' arms instantly. Yep. You know, that's so sobering. I think it's good for all of us to sit back and reflect on a situation like that for us. Where, what if that happened to us today? Yeah. Where would our commitment be? Where would our mindset be? Could we, in that immediate second, Right. Say what she did with a gun pointed at our head. If we can't, then we need to take a little time to evaluate our position and our love for God and our willingness to mm-hmm. suffer whatever is required to have our eternal home. If they can't, if they can't answer that question, Terry, it's because they have too much invested here in themselves. Hmm. Ah, good point. So, so it's like, no, I, can I give this up? I, I, I've worked so hard for this. Can I give this up? I just have to say no, and I can walk away. But yeah, I still believe in them. But no, that's not it. They, 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 they lost the opportunity. I read a story a few weeks ago about a young man. There was a conservative speaker was going to be giving a speech, and it was in Madison, Wisconsin. And there was a, a Christian there that was reading over a microphone, reading passages from the Bible. And a far left-wing activists came up and started ripping the pages from the Bible and eating them. I mean, mm. it's just evil behavior, and uh, that's that's persecution right there. I mean, they're basically just saying, hey, God, I dare you to punish mm-hmm. me for this. I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. That is the epitome of someone that says, I am God, and no right. one's going to tell me what I can or can't do. Yeah. No yeah. respect for the Word of God. But, you know, it's amazing, and I'm, I'm not sure how much time I'm going to check with our producer, how much time we've got, but I'd like to really take some time right now and delve in to this concept that persecution is not about oppression, but resilience. It leads to the growth of the church, and it's happened time and time again in history. Yeah, it mm-hmm. started in the New Testament, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it, the minute they began heavy persecution, it scattered the church, and it was for the ultimate good. It was all part of God's plan to get uh, those Jews and the Christians into these other countries to begin planting the churches that we now have today. Well, I was just going to say, I read a statistic that there's a number up, according to a study, that 309 million Christians are now living in one of those countries or places uh, of high levels of persecution. But that number is up in just one year from 260 million. So in one year, another 49 million Christians in the highest places of persecution against Christians. That's amazing growth. Mm -hmm. That's almost 20% growth (laughs) in one year. And I uh, just to add to that, I was just reading this morning the Charisma magazine. And uh, shout out to John, our producer, who works for Charisma. But I was reading that magazine, and there's an evangelist named Chris Mickelson. And he spent two years in Pakistan. He's been there as an evangelist for two years, and in that period has seen one 
million salvations. Mm. Said the hunger of that country is unbelievable. And as we talked earlier, Pakistan is one of the top two countries of violent persecution of Christians. God turns that violent persecution around for his glory. It's unbelievable. Well, I think we should try and track that guy down from that article and get him on. And our producer, John, is saying, yeah, that's possible. Wouldn't he be a great interview? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, someone wow. that has witnessed that up close and personal. Um, we don't know what persecution is really like in this country, but we know that it's, it's coming and we need to be ready and we need to be strong. And Brian, as you said, we need to answer that question. If somebody came up to you and held a gun to your head and said, you'll live if you renounce Christ, but if mm-hmm. not, you're dead. I mean, we have to be ready to say, I'm not renouncing him. I'll never renounce him. Well, you know what it reminded me of too, Dan, is Matthew 10, 22, where it says, and you will be hated by all for my namesake, but the mm. one who endures to the end will be saved. And that's what happened to Cassie. Mm. Boy, that's true. And you know, there's uh, another verse I'd like to read here near the end of this uh, podcast in Romans 8, 18, where Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And that brings us p- back to what we were talking about in the first part of the podcast, that heaven is going to be so great, and that is for eternity. Right. This is just such a small period of time yeah. that we're in right now, and it's it, it's so important that we make the most of every day and live for Christ and spread his word, regardless of what may come our way. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Dan. And, and two other thoughts that I had as we talk about this is a couple more things that this persecution does that I found in Hebrews 2 is it perfects us. Because the Bible says there in the 10th verse, God made Jesus perfect through suffering. Mm -hmm. So that's where we mature. That's where we complete ourselves as Christians is through that suffering. And then you go down to the 18th verse, and it says, because he suffered when he was tempted, he was able to help those who were being tempted. So as he suffered, he was able to help others who suffer. And that's the same with us. We can be more empathetic. We can be encouragers. If we go through suffering, we can help others that suffer. Boy, so true. Mm-hmm. And I think God has given us so many great examples in the Bible. One that's close to my heart because my mom named me Daniel after Daniel in the Old Testament. And boy, that's a big name to live up to, but it means God is judge. And in Daniel 6, uh, we read how Daniel learned that there was a decree that whoever prayed to any god or man other than King Darius for 30 days would be killed. And when Daniel heard it, he knew they would come after him, but he continued to do what he always did. He went upstairs to his home. He had the windows wide open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got on his knees, and he prayed to Jehovah, to the true God. And we all know what happened. He did get thrown into the lion's den, but God closed the lion's mouth. God is with us mm-hmm. and will be with us throughout persecution. Yeah. And, you know, we need to finish strong, guys, knowing that if persecution comes, we need to stand our ground and keep sharing Christ and make a difference and not waste time because Satan doesn't waste his time on us if we're not doing something for the kingdom. 
Right. Amen. Yeah, that's yeah. when you know. You're, that's when you know if, <laughs> when you're being attacked. You know you're doing something right. Absolutely. Well, it's been an interesting discussion, and I uh, hope you guys will tune in to our next episode because our producer John Matarazzo has got some big news that we'll be sharing with you, and that uh, podcast is going to be all about Thanksgiving. Please share this podcast with your friends, with your family. Tell them about Finish Strong because we know that God has called us for a time such as this, and we want to inspire you and your loved ones to just go hard for the kingdom and not waste another moment. We don't know how much time we have left. And right now, we're out of time, so God bless, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.